0: This is Cheryl Power and this is Rugby Wrap Up.
1: Next on Rugby Wrap Up, who will win the Major League Rugby Championship Shield plus rumors and trade talk? With Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Matt McCarthy. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by The Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean & Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap Up in this week's Major League Rugby Edition with Dan Power, Brian Ray, and yours truly, Matt McCarthy. Guys, it's unbelievable, but we're going into the final. Who knew that it would go this fast, that it would go this smoothly in COVID times, and as exciting as it has. And with that, let's go back to last week. Brian, New York versus Atlanta. It was 9-3 for most or, you know, pretty late in the game. And then that yellow card came and it was 10-9. It was like a, a, a high-scoring baseball score.
0: Yeah, this must have been hard for you to watch there, Matt. I'm sorry. I feel like we should send you a card or something or blow you a kiss, do something, you know, maybe at the end of the show.
1: Well, I've got you Atlanta know. Bay behind me. <laughs>
0: let's be honest it wasn't the most thrilling match ever uh super humid in marietta guys couldn't hang out, hang out of the ball at all i mean every time they went into contact someone was losing it forward backwards whatever so it turned into a bit of a you know an arm wrestle kick fest uh, a lot of penalties decided it was always going to come down to who was making you know the, the biggest mistakes you know a kick in the air somebody knocks it on that kind of thing you know uh, unfortunately it had to be a, a canadian a young canadian koudnawity Maybe just getting a little bit too excited, going for the big hit gets uh, TMO. We had a TMO for the first time this season. Uh, calls him out, and he gets a yellow card, and, and an appropriate yellow card, and no complaints. Horse had. hockey, and then uh, you know ATL just goes in and, and does their thing with their forwards until they score, and uh, and that's it. That's all she wrote. One try against you know New York's their three penalties, uh, you know, and and maybe before the season we would have expected New York to enjoy those kind of conditions a little bit more, but they have tried to play more rugby this season. And I think, uh, you know, you noted it before the game, not having Holland's heads boot in there uh, probably didn't help in that one. Harry Bennett more of a running fly half. So, you know, that's just how it went, a tight game. And, but, uh, you know, I think the better team probably won in the end.
1: Well, Dan, your fellow Aussie, Harry Bennett, did hit some good kicks.
2: Yeah. he Listen, he had a great year, considering the circumstances that Harry found himself in with, with Holland's heads, first his injury and then his early departure. I thought he had an outstanding year Um, of Benno, but yeah, I I think the two things, I think Brian got one of the points really spot on there with Holland's head. I think Cara Pryor in those conditions is a great go forward ball runner. And I think New York really missed his ability to not only get some fast go forward ball for Andy Ellis to play with, but also just create a little bit of magic. He's a a really good player backing up ball runners, but also creating a little bit of space himself. So those two definitely... uh, Hurt New York's chances going into this one, but.
1: And Dan, Dan, just just so the folks at home know, he was unavailable because of the red card, and off camera you yep. said that the referees were conspiring against
2: New York. <laughs> off camera, yeah. I, I listen. The referees are conspiring against everyone. Uh, part of the new world order. I think they're what, what's what's the uh, He Elizabeth didn't really people, say that the referees that whole thing. Yeah, Matt just taking uh, creative liberties again. I love it.
1: Yes. It's, it's I, I lie and I make up stuff and try to get clicks. That's what we do here. Uh, but, but you two lend credibility and, you know, speaking of credibility, the league's got credibility after that final week, you know, of the, of the, with the, those two matches were great. I mean, some people didn't like the slug fest or the, you know, the defensive struggle that was Atlanta versus New York. But uh, for me, it was like just constant tension. And I think that's what you want as a sports fan. You hate it when your team loses, and I'm not saying New York is my team. I, it's just because I picked them every week. I'm not saying that, but you know, you come out of it, you, you, you're interested, you want more, you know, always leave the audience wanting more. And then Utah, your boy, Sean Pippen, keeping them right in it, Dan.
2: Yeah, there was a, there was a moment there when uh, Malolo scored, and they and go up and we're all frantically looking at flights and hotels in marietta georgia so like the final's going to atlanta now and then a bit of ryan james Well, actually i will say harrison goddard brilliance ryan james finished beautifully but both those tries harrison yeah. goddard great vision like great vision and um yeah la at the death uh, i think it was i think was fat man scoop came in at halftime and and fired him up, gave a talk, and he's like, "Don't make me get the Brooklyn clan down here and, and you know get after you guys." But two two very defensive games, but we've come to expect that with finals footy, right? Like everything just turns up another notch, and I don't think it's going to be any different. I don't think this final is going to be high scoring at all. I think it'll be another really tight affair between these two sides. So on the rugby
1: odds, we have it as uh, the, the over/under is 48 and a half, and the spread is LA giving six and a half to atlanta
2: 48 and a half is really
1: high it but it's so hard to figure though with these teams right i mean they they can they're both capable of scoring a lot of points but when you just you know the the conditions are
2: going to be perfect i know but look look, atlanta were the first team to beat la and it was it was weird that teams went away from it
1: excuse me excuse me (laughs) new york was
2: the first team to beat la thank you very much mr revisionist history Atlanta were the first. Hey, you let me finish. Atlanta were the first team to beat LA, not New York. Right, called New York, Jersey City. uh, Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay,
1: Dan. Just continue. Go, go ahead
2: with your. It it was a, it was a blueprint, right? And teams went away from it. So I think Atlanta will know the way to beat LA is going to keep it tight. So I think forty-eight is generous. So Brian, what do you have to
1: say about that match? Did did you? Was it what you thought it was going to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was low scoring, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a really exciting game. It wasn't like the teams, you know, didn't try to get through. I mean, we saw Bill Meeks, I thought, was there standing in the midfield for for LA, a couple of terrific line breaks, an awesome short pass to Adam Ashley Cooper up the middle. Uh, you know, it, but that defense, and, and there's some random commentators on that game who I think uh, mentioned that during the game. The defense of Meeks and Ashley Cooper in that midfield completely shut down Utah. And it wasn't just that. Uh, Mike Teo and Mika Cruz had no space whatsoever. Every time they got the ball, they were just jammed. There was nowhere to go. They were completely shut out of that game. And Utah just didn't have answers. They had to look at Hagen and Schulte to, to find spots, uh, you know, some nice cross kicks. And, you know, some of them were nice, but, man, DTH, you know, is flying around the pitch, he's uh, grabbing it, he's turning around, he's stepping at, the, what is he, 34, 35 years old now. Um, you know, that was just a really good game. You have to give credit to L.A. for that game. You know, as much as maybe, you know, the Romantics wanted Utah to really pull it out. And, and there was a point there where I, I really thought Utah was going to get it. But, uh, you know, full credit to L.A. They totally stymied uh, the Utah offense. They couldn't get any line breaks in that game. So uh, you have to say, again, the better team won that game. I I thought it was a a very entertaining game, even though it wasn't a high score.
1: And Dan, he just brought up DTH and and Adam Ashley Cooper. And what you know about these guys
2: is you always think offense, but they play great defense, too. These guys are hard-nosed guys. Yeah, both numerous turnovers. DTH got his head in there and got a turnover down near his line, actually, that forced it when Utah were attacking. Adam Ashley Cooper's the same. I mean, there's again, we've always made, you know, reference to how many stars there are in LA, but Billy Meeks is their best player. You know, I'd put him up there with Angus Cottrell as well. When Meeks was out hurt with a cheekbone. Like that was kind of like when they started to lose a little bit of that, you know, staunch Grit. in the midfield. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then he came back and it took some time to adjust and get used to it again. But I mean, if, if I'm a GM and I'm, if I had my pick of players to go and sign, I'm, I'm going after Billy Meeks and Harrison Goddard to build that back line around those two guys. And, um, it's going to be tough because Atlanta now have to figure out what Utah couldn't, Utah just couldn't get line breaks. They couldn't get through that defense because it was so good. And their line speed is brilliant. They slow the ruck down. Well, the problem for Atlanta now is you welcome back Angus Cottrell. He's done with his three game suspension. He's the absolute man at slowing down the ball, stealing balls. He's a nuisance all the time. So Ooh, mate it mate listen you couldn't for the league you couldn't have scripted a better final
1: before we go into the commercial break what about transactions and stuff that you're hearing about away from the games around the league what what rumors are
0: you hearing Yeah, well, I mean, we're starting to enter silly season, as you like to call it, in in the rugby world. You know, the off season, lots of signings. One thing, one trend that's really interesting right now is Seattle all of a sudden uh, signing a bunch of guys. This year, we didn't know who they had like two weeks before the season started. I don't think anybody was signed up, but they were all on one-year contracts. All of a sudden, we've got Rickard Hatting, Lawina Futi, AJ Alatimu, James Malcolm, uh, Ross Neal, all on long-term contracts to go with Alan Clark. So that's a major positive for them. I think Seawolves fans... Have to be very happy, but there's also guys going, uh, you know, leaving the league who are getting picked up uh, by other uh, teams. In, in France, we're seeing Aston Fortain uh, leaving Utah heading to Narbonne, the same team as Jason Robertson from uh, Old Glory DC. Savi uh, Vosal is leaving uh, San Diego, also going to Narbonne. Zach uh, Talafo is finished with uh, New York; he's heading off to France to uh, I think it's Graulé, who is he was with before New York. Uh, Victor Comtat is going to uh, Rumioli. Uh, where Sam Wooching had signed, but Wooching immediately picking up uh, a, a Pro-D2 contract uh, with Rue and Normandy. So uh, a number of these guys are moving. And, you know, in my opinion, this is a good thing. It means people are watching. Vian Conradi going to Gloucester and the premiership is huge. Uh, so, you know, they're watching. They're, they're keeping tabs on these guys. And they think the standard is uh, at a level required where they can see, yeah, this guy's playing well here. That does translate uh, into our league that we're competing in.
1: Dan, are you getting a piece of Conradi's tra- contract for how much you talked about him on the show?
2: <laughs> no, no. Hey, listen, he deserves all the all the you know raps and praise. He had a fantastic year, but I agree with Brian. Like some people can say, "Oh, this exodus of, of talent is can be viewed in a negative way." I see it as a positive. I mean, totally. more eyes on the league, and what it's basically can do is there were, if there were players sitting at home. Uh, who were unsure, now they're going to be like, listen, MLR can be a springboard. Harrison Goddard is probably going to get a Super Rugby contract, I, I would imagine. Um, and it's based on the fact that he just had a great year for LA and in the MLR. And you're going to get the talents going to rise and rise. People who have been you know, in Super Rugby or Premiership sides now will be like, this could be a springboard back in. Instead of playing lower divisions in the country I'm at and not getting noticed, I can go over there. Be on national television get picked up. We're also seeing it at a coaching level, Darren Coleman, Ryan Martin, just two names. Uh, we're gonna see, you know, more and more people focusing on this league. But yeah, and, and you know, the other good thing out of it, Matt, is I think now as the MLR teams here are gonna, you know, see this transient notion of, of talent coming internationally, it then forces them inward to go, we have to build stars here. And who are they gonna build up now? They're gonna build up the homegrown players, the the, the born and bred American players who are staying here and can be in the community and recognized. So you can put them up on a billboard. I can come watch Michael Basker play this weekend yeah. for the Utah Warriors. So yeah. it's it, to me, it's it's all positives out of this. I Will he it, keep that haircut? I hope so. I mean, yeah. we've already got the sponsorship with Geico. They had a close-up of him the other week. And he looked like the Geico caveman. Yeah. <laughs> beard. So they've just got to put the beard on him and, and with the long hair and, you know, 15 minutes. It could save you 15% or more in your current.
1: Oh, there's Dan Power, ladies and gentlemen. Sign him, Geico. But, you know, getting back to what you're saying, how, how exciting is it and what an opportunity for a guy like Ryan James to be playing in that back line and get that try? How cool awesome. is that? It's yeah. American.
2: Yep. Yep. Lots of work to do. And, and, you know, the cool thing, Matt, it was American on American. James versus Tao. Two right. Young kids who are super exciting right. and going to be around forever. Right. James got the cookies on this occasion, but, you know, Mike Tao uh, has got them on plenty of occasions as well. So. Uh, mate, and yeah. a rivalry. I love it. It is. Right? It's good. Yep. Cause you got guarantee Mika Crusade watched him do that. You know, meek has got the opportunity this time with the national team on tour and it'll be hopefully a friendly rivalry and a positive one, but I guarantee that. Boom. Made a little note in the notebook, Ryan James, match winner. Uh, oh, so guys,
1: who are you going to pick in the final? Oh, wait, wait, we got to take a commercial break. That's a teaser. That's what we're doing. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Paps blue ribbon. It has a taste on the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. with Dan Power and Brian Ray, guys, this is it. This is for all the marbles, the the whole enchilada. Whatever cliche you want to throw out, this is it. This is now. We're here. We're at the final. It's New York versus Toronto, despite the fact that they're both in the Eastern Conference. No, that's not what's happening, Brian. You and I are both out. Both of Dan's teams are in. And that is Rugby ATL and... The Los Angeles teenies and it's at the LA Coliseum. The, the league couldn't
2: have scripted it better, Dan. Yeah, it's going to look good. Um, Ten dollars tickets. So that's great. I think this will be the biggest crowd we have had at the Coliseum. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they do a run on Friday, and just with twenty thousand free tickets along Manhattan Beach, and be like, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you get a ticket. You get a ticket. You get a ticket. Like I, whatever it takes to get. If we get 20,000 people at the Coliseum this if Sunday. If get
1: five, it's, it's great. If, if they can get five. I think they had over thing.
2: five for the semi. I think they end up coming in around 7,000 for the semi. was like a rough number that came in. I'm not sure of the final number, but that's the biggest I've seen it there by far. So I'm going big. 20,000 for the final in the Coliseum. Let's do it. Whoa.
1: All right. I like you. I like your Spunk. Brian, I, we gave it away earlier, but it's 48 and a half for the over-under and six and a half on the line. Dan's pointing out that, you know, guys like Cottrell are coming back and, or a guy like Cottrell is coming back and he might be slowing that game down. But for me, that means maybe a ton of points for LA. But Al- Atlanta has got the ability to play any style, really.
0: Yeah, but we saw the selection that they put out uh, the last weekend against New York, and it was definitely a more conservative selection offensively. You know, they left out Carlsa, uh, they left out Mark O'Keefe, uh, they left out Roy Van Voot, who was fit again. Um, you know, and these are conscious decisions. They, you know, they have their import limit, so this is just selection decisions that they made. And we might see uh, one change in the back line. Well, we might see a couple. Does he start Coleman in this match? We're not sure. Um, you know, does uh, it looks like uh, Te Rangatira Waitokia might be out? He hurt himself in that game last weekend. So maybe a selection change there on the wing. So, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, this will be a lot closer to the game we saw uh, LA Utah this isn't going to be a big tries I mean there's so much at stake guys aren't going to take super crazy risks number one but these teams are also both outstanding def- I mean this is the two best defensive teams in MLR so it's going to take a lot to break the line and get points so yeah I wouldn't be banking uh, I don't know where you're coming up with that 48 but that's a uh, that's a bit much what I think by the way I'm in Hermosa Beach actually handing out free tickets for the <laughs> final right now to see me with this hat, uh, yeah, just come hat. hello. I'll i hook you up. So, but, you know,
1: the in, the interchangeability of players on the Atlanta roster has really been Scott Lawrence's – one of his – marks of his genius this year in, in managing this ball club, Dan. And, and one guy changes. You think, what the, what, what the flock was that move? And the guy, of course, makes you look like a dope, right? I mean, it was – was he, pl- was he putting that one out there, not necessarily thinking that this is going to be his lineup in the final because that was what he thought he had a better shot at with New York and
2: a slugfest? Yeah, I don't know. The complexity of Scott Lawrence's mind is far beyond my comprehension, unfortunately, but um, it, it does make for a very interesting final, right? You've got you know the pressure of expectation on LA to win this with the Ross they have, and then you have the pressure of the unknown. You don't have big game experience really in that Atlanta roster there's are you going off into the unknown known or the unknown unknown known the unknown of the known which is now unknown in ATL no but it it it, it does make it interesting yeah I'm I'm with Brian 48 oh that's tasty I'll take the unders on that for sure so I'll probably get a phone call Sunday afternoon from Matt to pay up but it is what it is five twenty one. really you think it'd be that high 35 21 LA. That seems high. I, I mean, we haven't seen LA put on it's those. A kind of it's going to be perfect
1: while. conditions. It's not going to be the, what they played it's perfect in on Atlanta. the weekend.
0: Yeah.
2: It's perfect on the weekend. I'm just saying. 17 just- 13. We had 30 points with the two best attacking teams in the league. All right. What
1: are you going to bring facts up to me now? Is that what you're going to throw yeah, facts in my foot? What are you, John Adams? Facts are stubborn things. Come on, guy. Listen, listen. live a little. It's the Coliseum. It's the final Gillies for everybody.
2: You can use statistics to prove anything. 70% of people know that Abraham Lincoln said that when he was working at Google. So fact check that one, but yeah, it's, it's, it is going to be great. Okay. And, And what do you think
1: of what this means for next year? If LA wins, as opposed to if Atlanta wins, Brian,
0: I mean, does it really have a big impact? They're both coming back next year. At the end of the day, one of the team wins, one of the team, because they're both expansion teams. Remember, uh, you know, uh, ATL only played five games last year, so they, you know, had barely had any kind of run last season. I mean, they had their team together a little bit longer, but they're both very new teams. None of the uh, six original teams who are remaining, you know, the, Utah's the only one who made the playoffs. Uh, I think it's great. I, I you know, I, I don't think uh, it matters really at the end of the day either. Uh, I mean, it'll be cool if the home team wins with the fans, there, but at the same time, I love the narrative that uh, ATL comes in from the other side of the country and beats them in the Coliseum, you know, this huge high power team of LA. So I, I think it's fine either way. I think it's the most important thing is that the game itself, uh, you know, does itself uh you know credit and we get a, the spectacle and entertaining match a close match and we have a, a great crowd and, and a perfect day and it, it looks like uh the weather's going to behave so uh i'm very optimistic that's what we're going to get
1: but dan is this like a rocky movie is this rocky versus drago because of
2: all the russians on la may maybe maybe uh, the hair color i think dth had the the hair at one point they're looking all he's good, a ruski he is yeah so uh and there you go. Actually, that's a great analogy, Matt, because Thank ATL you. going into hostile territory, Rocky, Christmas, into Moscow, had to beat the unbeatable, you know, the the engineered, you know, Ivan Drago, this big, scary force. LA's to the West, but you know what I mean. Sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Nice. Just remember, though, if you are going to say that, I just want to take one thing for the viewers at home. If I can change... And you can change. Oh. Everybody can change. Oh, that is good. Yeah, Cold War that, ended that night. That's Incredible stuff. That's Great documentary. Good. That's good. That's good stuff. All right, yeah. guys.
1: Uh, before I let you go, final comments, Brian. You go first.
0: All right. Well, uh, I, I got to defend the uh, the Eastern Conference here, especially since ATL were uh, provided my Toronto boys are the home away from home. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this match. I think ATL though. They, they have that blueprint. They have a victory already in their pocket over L.A. I don't think they're going to be too upset about this trip over to uh, Los Angeles. I think they're going to enjoy it. I think uh, they're ready for this. I think there'll be a couple little tweaks to the lineup. And I think uh, DTH uh, Vendor Mervikov, that uh, flashy Russian winger, uh, might be under some pressure in this one. I'm going to pick ATL to win this one in the squeaker 15-14 the final score.
2: Yeah. Dan, final comments. What a great year. All the shadows and the the dark clouds that surrounded MLR in March uh, with everything, gone. Just like all of our backdrops now. (laughs) It's nothing but sunny days ahead for Major League Rugby. To get through the season, and there's so many people that deserve credit for it. And I hope they do get credit for it because it it was uh, just an incredible achievement to get the season off without a hiccup. And I mean, even like New York, like scrambling for a home and, and people made... Fun of New York for playing at Cochrane Stadium, but if you dig deeper, there was no option. Like the option was, we don't play at all. And exactly. New York to make it happen in a in a very very tough climate. Like if you're not from New York, understanding how New York works and fields and stuff like that, uh, that whole crew deserve a lot of credit to even to get to the playoffs. For that, the whole league, a lot of credit. It's going to be a great game Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern kickoff on CBS. Should be awesome.
1: All right, fellas. I want to thank you. We'll talk next week after the, after the results and see who was right. and Who was wrong on this one, because it's going to be a bone burner. I think lots wide open old fashioned hockey, Brian, Quebec North Deeks versus the Edmonton Oilers. And it's going to be a scoring affair, high scoring affair on the beautiful grass in the Coliseum. You heard it here on rugby wrap up. And these two don't believe that for a second. So they, they happen to be a little bit more wise. I'm thinking with my heart, but on that note, on, behalf of mr dan power in that shirt that he got at a soup kitchen and brian ray whose shirt isn't any much better i'm matt mccarthy thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time but in the meantime check out our other segments including the rugby odds featuring wwe hall of famer john bradshaw layfield the world's best sports better ever in the philly godfather and rugby's gift gift a bailu our major league rugby show martial law the Zack attack And please sign up for our Rugby Wrap-Up Red Cross Blood Donor Team.